This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by ActorRated.com, the Internet's only place to find ratings and reviews for headshot photographers, acting classes, and more. See what other actors are talking about and recommending. To learn more, visit ActorRated.com. Hello and Happy New Year and welcome to episode 66 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Alga. And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, actors, producers, casting directors, agents, managers, and anyone else involved in the entertainment industry and package up to package it up in this little podcast and bring it to an internet near you. That's right. And we are just two dudes with a podcast. We don't pretend to know everything and we are looking for the answers on this podcast. We don't necessarily pretend or claim to have them. So if uh, if anybody listening to this uh, has a different view on something that we talk about or wants to share their two cents, we definitely welcome that. There's a million ways to get in touch with us, and you can start by going to our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. And thanks to your feedback and uh, participation, we have a lot of stuff to talk about and catch up on on this episode, um, including a couple of emails, um, listener questions that have come in via uh, not only email, but also our Facebook page. And uh, speaking of which, if you've left us a voicemail, um, we've gotten it. We're just kind of sifting through those, and we'll be getting to them in the next um, few episodes. Also on this episode, we have part three of our um, interview, the last part, sad day, uh, the last part <laughs> of our uh, our it interview with... Um, it is a sad day when you have to say goodbye to the um, amazing interview of um, Emily Rose. Um, and in this one, she talks a little bit more about the, the motion capture stuff on Uncharted 3 um, and uh, some really, really useful tips on auditioning, etc. So yeah. uh, stay tuned and, and look forward to that. So it's 2012, the end of the world, and uh, Trevor and I are going to. We still podcast. got we still got like 12 months, right? 355 days or something. Like 12 right? months, and if we're not a couple of slackers, that's uh, 48 episodes of the podcast. Right. <laughs> so um, we wanted to start off the year with um, some shout outs, some success stories, just like a really you know happy tone. Um, so we've got um, some thank yous uh, that we want to get to, and um, and like I said, some success stories. So. Um, let's just jump right into that. Um, we've got uh, a couple of uh, people who have donated recently to the podcast um, that we just want to say uh, a big thank you to. And um, uh, the two in particular that we're going to thank uh, right off the bat are Jamie Hansen and Jasmine Kendall. Uh, hopefully we're saying those names right. But we just wanted to thank you for your generous donations. And, and as you all know, whether you're a new listener or, or you've been listening for a long time, those donations are everything that's keeping us going and, um, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast, have this podcast, host this podcast, um, produce this podcast without you. So consider yourself um, part producer Amen. <laughs> in Amen. the podcast. And we also want to thank uh, two people that have uh, written into the podcast. Actually, all of these people have written into the podcast or communicated with us at some point. But um, two people that uh, have signed on to be patrons of Inside Acting in the last couple of weeks are Catherine Grant Suddy. 
and Jordan Carter. Catherine had a, a voicemail question that we answered a few episodes back, and, uh, and Jordan wrote in with an email question. So thank you guys for uh, re- supporting uh, Inside Acting on a recurring monthly basis. Yeah, and, and of course we have that new part of our website. If you guys haven't seen it yet, um, you can jump on to uh, InsideActingPodcast.com and click on the link that says Patrons and check out all of our awesome um, <laughs> co-producers. I kind of like yeah. that. I mean, there are patrons for sure, but you know, as I said, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast without them, so that kind of makes them producers. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we have a lot of people on that patron page who have not uh, sent us their info yet, so we're missing photos, we're missing little mini bios and we're missing links to your your website so um if you support the podcast as a patron uh send us your stuff and make sure we get you up on that that page yes please don't forget um to do that because um we wouldn't be able to do this without you we want to um have a way of, of of thanking you and this is um you know one of the ways that uh we've come up with to do that um so while we were away for the holidays you know, happy holidays, everyone. Happy New Year. As I said before, we got a couple of emails that just like, I mean, th- this is like why we do the podcast right here. Yeah, um, we yeah. got a couple of emails with these amazing success stories. And we just, we asked the, the, the listeners permission in order to share them on the podcast because we were so excited about them. Um, and there's two in particular that we're going to share today. Um, so, Trev, you want to um, kick it off? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite ones. And when I got this, I actually read it out loud to my dad. I was like, dad, check this out. Yeah, This is why we do this. This is right? so awesome. We, we get a lot of these, but this one really kind of was, was pretty cool. So I'm going to go ahead and just read it straight out. This is from a listener named Noah AK. Uh, he's been a listener since really the very beginning of the podcast. Yeah, I, I think, think we've mentioned him a couple of times. Yeah. Later. I think he, he was a donator. Donator. That sounds weird. <laughs> donator. Donator. Uh, in the very first, uh, very first episodes. But he writes in and he says, hey guys, I just wanted to send you a thank you. It's been about a year uh, overdue. Um, he said he was inspired to send a thank you after reading Never Eat Alone, which he uh, heard us recommend. And he says, about a year ago when I graduated from undergrad, I decided to audition for grad schools. As you guys know, it's a ton of auditioning and prepping and such. And throughout all my auditions, end of day callbacks, and especially at the final callback, I had a ton of your guys' little and big mottos floating around in my head and so much interview advice at my side. Everything you guys talked about and emphasized was an incredible help to stay inside myself and at the same time take the biggest, scariest risks with full confidence. And lo and behold, a year later, I'm about to finish my first semester at Juilliard. Booyah! <laughs> I just wanted to thank you guys for all your help, more than you know, and keep up the good work. I must say my favorite part of the show is just following your guys' careers and life paths, because in a few years, I'll be walking down the same road. And I just got like, you know, not to toot our own horn too much, but that made me feel super warm and fuzzy and gave me goosebumps at the same time. Well, it's, it, it's, it's not really... I mean, if you think about it, it's not really tooting our own horn. Like Noah did all of it. Like we didn't do, we didn't do anything. Like he did all of it and he just sort of, you know, um, had the inspiration of like the interviews that we've done and, and things that we've talked about on the podcast to kind of, you know, fuel us fire. Um, and dude's going to Juilliard, man, for grad school. Do you know what list that puts him in? (laughs) I mean, you're talking about like Kevin Spacey. And, uh-huh. and, and, well, are those, are they dropouts? Kevin Spacey and Val Kilmer, I think both dropped out of Juilliard. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very elite list. So congratulations, yeah. Noah. That's uh, uh, unbelievable. Huge, I'm speechless. Dude. I can't even yeah. talk. That's amazing. 
And in the uh, the second success story we wanted to just uh, dedicate a little bit of time to here is from Matt Wilder. You guys may remember his name from previous episodes. He was the guy who's uh, who's an actor and a host. And he uh, booked a gig on a cruise ship for Nickelodeon. And after like three weeks, they let him go and said that he didn't fit the brand right. Yeah. And then uh, I think there was another thing he had in between that and this. But he wrote in to say, uh, just want to let you guys know that I got my own radio show in New York on Radio Disney called The Kids Concern Show. It's a community affairs show. And his first show is going to air Christmas, well, aired, I should say, Christmas morning at 6 a.m. on AM 1560. And then he says, it just goes to show that when you get fired from a project, it doesn't mean it's the end of your career. Pick yourself back up and try again. Success. Booyah. So, Booyah uh, num- number two. <laughs> number two. <laughs> Numero dos. Yeah. Uh, and Double what a, booyah. What a great way to sort of like, you know, finish off last year and start off this year. Yeah. Um, to just have, you know, to just know that persistence is key you know like you said you pick yourself back up dust yourself off keep hitting you know keep hitting it keep keep hitting it keep hitting it it. love it so congratulations to both of you guys and uh you know we always encourage everyone we've we've like trevor said we've gotten a lot of these emails but we always encourage everybody to kind of um share your success stories with us because uh we love hearing about them and and occasionally when we have time we love talking about them on the podcast So speaking of success stories, Trevenator, what's been going on in, in, in your life? I mean, you know, besides eating a lot of food for the holidays. <laughs> the biggest success story for me, man, was uh, just getting out of L.A. for two weeks. Oh, how um, glorious was that? I mean, I don't want to harp on it too much because we have so much to cram into this episode. But um, I think going forward, I am going to try and take a long weekend, like four or five days off, at least every three months. Because I didn't have any vacation at all last year. I was here from January to December with a slight uh, kind of mini vacation in, for Thanksgiving. But I mean, it was, I was exhausted, man. And I didn't realize how exhausted I was till I got back on Tuesday. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I want to sink in my teeth into new roles and new projects. And I felt energized. And it just, I, I didn't realize I had been running on fumes for a while there. So, um, I'm pretty excited to, uh, to be back after an awesome holiday break. That's so funny. Cause I had the exact same sort of physical response to uh, the 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 vacation you know of which we spent the last half because you know uh, our theater company went on a on a retreat yeah. in northern california so trevor and i spent the last um you know week or so to, uh, together along with a bunch of other people from our our theater company i felt the exact same physical response coming back into town i was like energized and excited and sort of everything had this very this very positive spin to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, it's like going, even going back to my thrival job, I was like, yeah, all right. Had a big smile on my face, you know? Um, and yeah, I guess it was all the, the time off that kind of lent itself yeah. to that. In addition to some other things that, 
you know, I'm sort of working on personally and professionally that, that really sort of were um, inspiring a, a new outlook. It was, yeah. I don't know. It was very cool. I very wonder cool. if part of this is due to, and I'm going to kind of jump the gun a little bit here, but part of it is due to uh, the artist way. I mean, mm-hmm. you and I, and, and a lot, a good chunk of people in our ensemble have all started doing the artist way. And I'm like five weeks in, you're probably about the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we decided to kind of do it as a ramp up to the retreat. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, which was very cool. Cause it was cool to have everybody kind of have this, this similar unblocking or awakening in terms of, um, your artistic self all at the same time. Yeah. You know, everybody kind of coming together. Yeah. For, for the uninitiated, the artist way is a book by Julia Cameron. It's kind of, it's less of a book and more of a self-guided course in creative recovery. Is that an apt description? That's a great description. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. And the two basic tools that she lays out in the introduction of the book and that you use over the course of the weeks, I think it's 12 weeks and you focus on like a kind of a different area of your life every, every week. But the two main tools are the morning pages and the artist date. And the morning pages are, are three pages of, of longhand kind of stream of consciousness writing you do every day. Uh, and then the artist date is like an outing that you take yourself on to kind of restock the well or restock the pond or yeah. however she says it. Both and uh, the morning pages, dude, I, I, I mean, I've tried to do the artist way on my own a couple times. Mm-hmm over the past years. And I always kind of stalled out around the second or third week, but this time having other people on board, I kind of been able to muscle through and now, yeah. I, now it's like locked in as a habit. And man, I can't even tell you, like, I don't think I can not do the morning pages now. You That's know what awesome. I mean? Yeah. Because I, I just see, it's like a meditation for me and I feel calmer and I feel more patient and I feel more focused and I feel just just a million times better in so many ways just from doing three pages of stream of consciousness writing every That's day. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I've, I think maybe I've missed three days over the course of the time that we've been doing it, which is, you know, <clears throat> because it's not easy. I mean, she talks about it in the book about, um, you know, not only the morning pages not being easy, but even the artist state, you'd, you'd be amazed at how life and your universe and the other people in your, you know, life sort of, either accidentally or subconsciously or even purposefully, you know, sort of derail, uh, the things that you're trying to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, specifically like the artist state, you know, taking yourself on a two hour plus date to some, do something to sort of fill up your artistic. Well, you'd be amazed at how difficult that is. It really is. Try to have two hours to yourself a week where you really, where it's really just about you. And, and, and you'll, you will sort of, you'll start to uncover the things in your life that keep you from doing creative things. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of incredible. So yeah, I think the vacation, I think you're right. I think the vacation in combination with doing this sort of self-directed workshop readjusted my outlook coming back for 2012. So it's been, it's been really nice, really nice. Cool. So to completely change gears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like almost literally, literally a 180. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about these two kind of, I, 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 I think they're scams, to be honest. I don't know if uh, other actors have gotten this. I have an email address, kind of a, an alias email address that I submit for, you know, different acting related things. So I can tell who's selling my address to people, you know, to send me scammy actor stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those, those emails that was sold. And so I get, I've been getting these emails and I've been getting th- through a three I've gotten in the past week that have just, you know, grinded my gears. They're funny because they're so awfully, like they're just so clearly scams. Like this first one, I mean, I sent it to you, Albert. 
the the subject was casting call guide and it's this person who writes this email and like with like horrible grammar and like horrible spelling and they talk about this site they've created where we can go and submit ourselves for indie films Mm -hmm. and they don't even put the site in the email. There's no link. Yep. So that's just one. I mean, when I get stuff like that, I'm like, first of all, if you don't know how to like hit, like create a new paragraph in your email, if it's all just one big block of text and if you can't do spell check, I'm just not, I'm not trusting it right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And second of all, if you don't even put the thing you're trying to sell me on in the email, you're just sloppy. So that's one of them. I don't know if anybody else has, has gotten something like this, but um, the second one uh, is in the same vein, and uh, maybe other people have gotten this that are listening right now. But uh, I've been getting emails from Stars for the Stars PR. Have you have you been getting anything from this guy? No, thankfully I have not. I mean, with the first when you forwarded me this email, it was the first I'd ever heard of. Cool. This. So this guy um, has been. Uh, basically selling actors on his PR firm, uh, idea. And he wants us to pay 300 bucks a month for him to handle our publicity. I have no problem with that, except that in his emails. And of course I don't have that particular one pulled up right now. A lot of the, 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 the kind of facts and numbers and, and kind of tactics he uses to sway your opinion on why you need a publicity person are just flat out wrong or, or just off somehow. And he's another one of those people that, that doesn't know how to create separate paragraphs in an email, that can't use spell check, that doesn't have you know good grammar. And uh, the second one that I got from him, I guess he's he's branching out, and now he's got this thing called Hollywood Star Booster. Hmm. And for 60 bucks a month, he's offering to get your star meter rating on IMDb bumped up. And his reasoning is that when people are looking to cast you in their projects... The first place they go is IMDb, and if you don't have a high enough star number, he says, they may not cast you because they want eyeballs on their project, and clearly you're not popular with film-watching fans, then you're not going to be popular in their casting, which just pisses me off, yeah, such man. BS. It's just such, such BS. BS. And I, I wish David Lawrence was here right now. We interviewed him <laughs> back in episode 12 because I have talked with him about this, and of course right now I can't remember what his what his argument is, but he, he basically said like, please stop obsessing over your star number. It doesn't mean anything. It's, no. it's for fans. Yeah. It has no bearing on whether or not somebody's going to bring you in or cast you in something. Yeah. I mean, there's so, well, that's the thing is, is it, all, all of these scams, I mean, any actor scam, you know, we, <laughs> we've talked about this on the podcast before many a times. There's no limit to the number of reasons to write a check as an actor in Los Angeles. And these are, these, these are just P- preying on people who believe, who just basically buy into the lie. They buy into the idea that, in this case, for instance, that your star meter somehow is going to affect, you know, and he, he's even really insidious about it because he uses the, um, the, uh, uh, pilot season as a kind of scare tactic, you know, mm-hmm. where like it's pilot yeah. season right now, so you better boost your star rating number or else you're not going to be cast by, you know, these people who are casting. It's such bullshit. It's such bullshit. It's if you think that your star rating <clears throat> is going to affect whether or not you get cast, you are clearly not confident about your acting skills. It's a, I think it's a real I'm mark guessing. mark of an amateur who thinks that that number has any bearing on whether or not they get a role. And you know, Trevor and I were just so scared that th- this kind of thing would get out to you know a- actors and and actually influence their you know where they put their money 
you know, that we, we said we have to talk about this on the podcast, you know, and, and yeah. reach out to our listeners first and hopefully they can kind of spread the word. Everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Everything you would spend money on, you you have to take a moment think about whether or not that's going to um, actually affect your castability, I guess you would say. <clears throat> you know, this is the same thing when I talk about, you know, people's like headshot and resume, like y- it doesn't matter what font is on there as long as it's legible. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, people obsess over that kind of thing. And I, this is, this is what Brian Vermeer from episode three would, would classify as being productive and not proactive or am I getting that backwards? Proactive, not productive. Like one of those things that makes you feel busy, like you're doing something for your career, but right. really it's just a worthless activity. Right. And it just, it just annoys me, man, that this is out there. And I've asked this guy to remove me from his emails and he hasn't done it. And when I got this, I just wanted to write back and just like really lay into him. But I, I didn't, he doesn't know I have a podcast with several thousand listeners around the world. That right. I can right. So tell them, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll use this. It. This will be, this will be our, uh, our little soapbox here. Yeah. Um, and, and if, if somebody has an opinion to the contrary of this, I would love to hear it. I would really love to hear it because as far as I know, the only way to increase your star number rating is to click on your profile. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming what this guy is doing is just taking your 60 bucks a month and then sitting at his, or maybe he's got some sort of program that just clicks on your, or refreshes your page every, every right. second. Well, he says it's not spam and he doesn't use bots, but I'm like, really? So what do you do? Do you have like a staff of people that go to their computer yeah. every day and click on your page from wherever they are, you know? Or he just sits there and just drinks his coffee and <clears throat> clicks it every minute? Like, I, yeah. Plus he's got like a, uh, essentially a disclaimer built right in where he's like, you know, it's going to fluctuate and it might not go up as much. It's like you, you're, you're useless. You could just take people's money and nothing yeah. could change for them. And, and you have their money and I'm sure yeah. he's got like a no refund policy or something like that too. Anyway, um, that's all I wanted to kind of talk about that. If you get anything from stars for the stars, PR from Hollywood star booster at yahoo.com, all these emails addresses are yahoo.com as well or casting call guide. Um, just, you know, be wary of these things. I, I know none of our listeners would, would, uh, see this and kind of react impulsively and sign up, but, uh, just wanted to put that out there. Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your <laughs> tell, friends to just tell people who, you know, are, are new to Los Angeles and new, new to the business. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we have two questions we want to squeeze in before we jump into uh, our interview with Emily. The first one comes from Amber. Did you want to head this yeah, one? Yeah, so this is Amber Plaster, who uh, many of our listeners know because she has been a, a one of those recurring uh, characters in terms of uh, uh, being a, a loyal listener. So thank you for that, Amber. She actually posted this on our Facebook page, um, which is awesome because. People uh, haven't been uh, really using that as a forum to kind of post their questions. You, you can always get in touch with us um, in all these different ways, our Facebook page included. And uh, it's it's really interesting. I'm just going to kind of summarize it. Basically, she says that she's been sort of um, offered um, extra work in um, <clears throat> a lot of like uh, low-budget indies and web series lately. Um, and she says, you know, I'm not really like against extra work or anything, but I, I just don't really need it. Like, you know, I have a good paying job. I don't need the money. Um, I have good credits on my acting resume, um, you know, so on and so forth. So how do I politely tell people that I'm not willing to do extra work? 
you know, but I would help out in other ways, such as like behind the scenes or auditioning for a speaking role. Um, you know, and she says she hasn't done extra work in like almost five years. I, I kind of think that you've answered your own question in the question, Amber, like you're absolutely right. If, if you have experience on set, because that's to me, that's what extra work is really about. I mean, people do make careers out of it and I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but if you want to, to do other things, if you either want to be an actor, you want to help out behind the scenes, you want to, um, you know, um, uh, like you were saying, be, have speaking roles, then, then, then that's what you want. There are people out there who have made an entire career out of being an extra and that's all they do and they are happy and that's what they want to do and they have like this laundry list of, you know, shows and movies and stuff that they've been in and that's great if you want to do that. If you don't want to do that, then, you know, um, like you said, you've got the experience on set, you've done speaking roles before, you've gotten paid to act before, you know, there there are these things that people talk about in in... Uh, in the business, you know, like uh, they call them, you know, levels, for instance, and it's not like a role playing game. <laughs> They're just like, you know, co star level, guest star level, recurring level, um, you know, and if you're past the sort of extra level, then be past that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then the the problem that I was having in terms of this question was the second half of it, which is how does you, how do you politely sort of turn that down? So I don't know if you had any response to the first half or if you have a, a, a solution for the second half. I don't believe that I'm like an impolite person. I just couldn't come up with like the best way to kind of respond. Right. Uh, this this is, yeah, this is tricky. This is where your people skills come into play. You know, I mean, uh, sure. I, I always liked Mark Gant's, uh, Mark Gant's suggestion, you know, just say like, you know, like I've done a lot of extra work. I just can't. I need I need a hundred bucks. You know, like I'm busy with other projects. I'd love to help out in your project. It sounds awesome. I'll do behind the scenes camera stuff, but as far as like extra work, I have no reason to, I mean, just be transparent with people. You know, I think, I think people respect that. And especially people in LA can smell bullshit, you know? So if you're trying to like be nice and kind of eke your way around it, I think people are like, just give it to me straight, man. You know? And, And when you do, they respect that. And, and if um, they don't, you don't need to be working with them. Yeah. Too, yeah. You know? Exactly. Like exactly. if you if you are transparent, like Trevor is saying, which I think is a fantastic suggestion, and you just sort of tell it like it is, they for some reason like blacklist you from their future projects. So be it. Yeah. You know, what yeah. What did you lose? Yeah. You know. And I and they'll like I said they'll respect you more. I mean who who knows they may say like hey we need an extra. And there are a million actors out there that are falling over themselves to be extras and stuff, you know? So it's like, if you say like, I'm kind of, I've kind of done a lot of that. I think I've done my share of extra work. I'd love to have something. I'd love to have a speaking role if you have anything available. You know what I mean? They might see you in a different light rather than just another actor who wants to get, they might see your levels, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Hope that helps, Amber. Uh, The second question we have, we're going to try and squeeze this one in real fast before we jump into uh, our interview comes from a gentleman named Dr. McFunkenstein. And um, <laughs> we actually responded to this email in a previous episode, but had to cut it for time. Yeah, he didn't want us to use his real name, and yeah, you'll understand why, why when, we, yeah. uh, when we go into it. But uh, he said we could call him Dr. McFunkenstein. Yeah. <laughs> which is like the funniest <laughs> which is fake just name that I've ever heard before. <laughs> the best, the best. So Dr. <laughs> McFunkenstein's uh, question um, is a little bit of a... It's 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 a little difficult. Um, puts him in a, in a tough situation. Basically, he um, he went into uh, a short film audition uh, about a year ago, and he immediately recognized the director as a uh, working actor. 
somebody who works quite a bit. He ended up booking this role and was excited to uh, to be working with this director. Um, but uh, when he finally shot it, he said it was a really unprofessional experience. Like, they didn't even shoot on HD. I'm guessing they shot on, like, a camcorder or something. And when he saw the final product, it was pretty awful. And so he was like, oh, geez. Yeah, he said he, can't, he couldn't even he use, couldn't use it for his reel, reel or mm-hmm. anything. And now the director, again, well-known um, kind of name person in the industry, uh, wants to make a sequel. And they want this Dr. McFunkenstein to reprise his role. And he's kind of understandably hesitant, but how do you turn down somebody who's recognized in the industry and has quite a body of work beneath them. Mm-hmm. So uh, this puts you in a tough spot. Um, yeah. And we talked about it. And uh, <laughs> I think the the, the consensus we kind of came to between us was, um, you know, um, the relationship, uh, if it's that important to you, then go ahead and bite the bullet mm-hmm. was kind of where we, we came out with it. I mean, we hashed it back and forth a lot. Um, so without repeating all that, I think that's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is a quagmire and, uh, you know, there's a lot of facets to it and, um, you know, <clears throat> we don't know if he, if Dr. McFunkenstein was being paid for, you know, his time on the first, uh, gig, I would say, you know, once again, to call Mark Gant, say that you need you know, a hundred bucks a day or whatever it is in order to do the second one. And the other thing that we said uh, would be really great is to kind of use uh, a bit of, I don't know if it's reverse psychology or suggestive something or other, but just kind of be um, sort of subtle in your response to say like, oh yeah, I'd love to. Are you guys going to shoot in HD this time? Like, like just sort of like in your response to, to the questions, it's kind of like, um, kind of your expect, seed your expectations almost. Yeah, exactly. Or, 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 or try to, you know, suggest or talk about, um, you know, whatever it is that you want to talk about in those responses. Yeah, you know, it, like, are you guys going to shoot an HD this time? Or like, who's working on the, are you, you know, are you directing again? Is there, you know, who else is on the project? You know, just kind of asking a lot of questions. I think I may have said this in our previous response, but this is kind of the this is the kind of thing where having a manager really comes in handy because mm. if you do, this is going to sound terrible, but you don't have to be the bad guy. Mm. Your manager can go like, "Oh, you know, he's too busy. He's got this thing going on. This thing he can't do it unless maybe you want to pay him this much, or like he gets top billing, or we get footage and it has to be in HD." Right? You know that's what I great, mean? Like, yeah, that's that, great. That that's the kind of thing I know that my manager would would. That's exactly what would happen in, in this particular situation. Like, say I wasn't represented when I shot the first thing, and now the second thing's coming around, and I kind of explain the situation to her. She would either say, you know, she would either make up something about how I had booked something and wouldn't be able to do it. She would try to negotiate for pay, or she would, like, basically say, like, we need we need footage, and that footage has to be good, and it has mm-hmm. to, like, you know, be good enough for, for a reel. And then you don't have to be the bad guy. So how do you do that if you don't have a manager, if you don't have representation? And that's where I think that email where you where you kind of ask very subtle questions or even not so subtle questions like, oh, great, you know, are you guys thinking about shooting in HD this time? Mm-hmm. Would come in handy. Yeah. And, and to, to the last kind of piece of this is you never know what they learned from the first one, what kind of feedback they got from their other kind of massively connected and well-known friends and things like that. You know, it's like, I mean, Hollywood is not a, or I don't know. I don't think he says if he's in LA or not, but this industry is not a place where crap like gets pushed around and promoted easily. It happens, 
but most of the time it, it people will tell you you know so i mean maybe they learned something and this this next one is going to be a million times better you know See, maybe the, that's why they want to do a sequel is to prove <laughs> that they're better than that first uh that first one the only problem with that is how would you wouldn't really know unless you got on set unless you did it yeah unless you did it and you got on set yeah so i think i think yeah i think you're right Trevor. i think the moral of the story is kind of bite the bullet do it but with a caveat which is do as much as you can prior to to kind of set yourself up for a better yeah. success than to- this time. And and then there's the argument that, you know, work begets work. You know, you do a knockout job on this, that that whole crew is going to remember you as somebody who's awesome, who showed up, who nailed it, did their job, was an absolute pleasure to work with. Mm-hmm. And the next time something comes up that's even close to your type, they're going to think of you. Yeah. You know, it's going to lead to other projects. And so yeah. why would you, I mean, I understand the argument, but I'm, now that we're talking about it, I'm like, why would you cut yourself out of an opportunity like that? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he does mention one other thing, which is worth talking about, which is the, the whole idea of rep, reputation. Mm-hmm. Cause he, I think he says something about some it being submitted to like film festivals and stuff like that. Also a difficult thing to answer. And it's like, you just never know. I think what I said uh, when we answered this previous was, it's not really something to, uh, to worry too much about yeah you know it's yeah. like who knows yes there may be some somebody at a um at a film festival or something who might scoff at the quality but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to scoff at your acting exactly film you know? audiences are smart man you know they'll they can they can tell you know who's shining in a production and who's not i think sure you know? sure 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 cool so hopefully that helps doctor <laughs> <laughs> It's a PhD after that, McFunkenstein. That's right. So uh, let's roll into uh, part three, the final part of our interview with the lovely Emily Rose. Um, it's good, more good stuff. So we'll see you guys on the other side. There are two things that really kind of came came to mind. This is back from <clears throat> a while ago in the interview, but um, you mentioned uh, that you just asked Gordon Hunt to be your mentor. Uh huh. And that was really neat to me that you were yeah. just like, "Hey, I want somebody to te- show me the ropes. Will you do this?" Yeah. And, I, and my experience has been, I mean, I've never actually asked somebody to mentor me. Yeah. I've always wanted a mentor. Yeah. But I never knew how to go about it. Right. And my experience has been that from hearing other people that most people are flattered that you'd ask them to do that kind of totally. thing. Totally. He and was then, totally flattered. I was like, why wouldn't I yeah, ask you? And then, and then from there that you, instead of having, cause then the next thing is like, oh, I need a coach for this audition. Mm-hmm. I can't afford 75 bucks an hour. Totally. So you did a trade, you did a service trade yeah. with him. Basically you worked on his website and he coached you. So that, that, to, there, there are two little like gems of, of wisdom in that right there. Just right. ask and then find a way to make it work. Yeah, if and if I they mean, don't want to do it, then you don't want to be mentored by them. You know, right. I think, and I, I, I've always had a heart for mentoring. I think it comes from teaching. Like my long-term goal and dream, the reason why I really want to work is because I want to have these acting camps in the future, where I take a small group of kids or high schoolers that want to come into the Los Angeles industry, and I want to do workshops with them, and I want to work with them, and I want to mentor them, and so. I wanted to look for a mentor. And, um, so I, I had that on my radar, you know, I was like, you know, it's just, we, we forget about these generations that have gone before us and we just kind of write them off, 
but you're, they're a wealth of information and how cool to be able to, especially with where we live, you know, I mean, granted, a lot of people are wary of you asking from them for stuff because a lot of people ask with the wrong motives. But I think that if you genuinely say, Hey, listen, like I, I remember every Everybody else, and no offense to everybody else, but everybody else would be going out for a smoke break to go smoke and talk about class or whatever, and I don't. So I was in eating cottage cheese and pretzels and sun chips with Gordon, and I just was there on our breaks, and I just was like, hey, you know, if, if after I'm out of grad school, if I have any questions or anything, can I just like ask you or email you or whatever? And do you mentor or do anything like that? And he was totally taken aback and yeah sure you know because I wasn't asking for anything from him other than an occasional lunch date where I could talk to him about things that I you know I wasn't asking him because I knew he knew Connie I wasn't asking him because you know of I just knew that he had been in the industry for a long time and so he might have some good wisdom he in turn like pulled me in to a CTG, the theater, and we worked on a workshop, a musical theater workshop together. I learned a lot from stage managing. I stage managed for him and helped him out on that. Uh, when the Uncharted auditions came up, um, he had me come in and read because he thought I looked like it, the, the girl, Elena. And uh, I was like pressed for time. I had to prepare for that audition in 15 minutes because I was teaching theater the whole rest of the day. And I didn't get it. And he goes, well, you didn't get it. They're going another direction. But, you know, because you wanted to learn about auditions, would you come and read across from all the other auditioners that day? And I was like, I know what you're doing. You're A, getting in me, me in that room all day long, giving me a second chance. And B, you're helping me see what how people audition. Because I'm green and I don't know. I don't. I feel like there's a right way and I'm not doing it. And mm-hmm. what I found was the right way was people being at ease and comfortable in the room like it was just something you do. So I went in and I read across from everybody and all the different Nathans and I saw, you know, how the girls read when they came in for Elena. And I saw that and at the end of the day they asked me to audition for it and I knew. I was like, oh. This person's exhausted and breathing really heavy, so it's not going to be weird if in the audition I'm like, <sighs> Nate, wait up! You know, it's like that's not it's that's not weird and too much to do. If I crawl across the bottom of the floor and I use the chairs in the room to kind of build my space in my jungle, if I duck behind a chair, that's not weird. That's using the space and doing the audition, and I got the part, and that was because Gordon was like, "Hey, just come and watch these auditions." Wow, you know what a gift. So, a total gift, a wow. total gift, and I've I've learned more as I've done more series work, even with Haven. When I'm reading across from other people, and we're seeing like I can't. Part of me loves being in the audition room, and part of me hates it because it's like I know what those guys are thinking when they sign their paper and they come in the audition, and they're so nervous to be in front of us, and they shouldn't be. I'm like I just I just want to like get up and be like give him a hug and be like, dude, I'm just like you. Don't worry about it. You've got this, you know, because it's so intimidating when you go in those rooms and it's like a table of, you know, people or producers. You're in there for a bunch of like eight people. I love it when it's that big because it really does feel like small theater to me. And I'm Mm -hmm. all about trying to make people laugh and enjoy the scene and really pull them in. But, you know, it's, they they've been the same place. If they're the writers, they're just so excited. Their script's getting made. You know, they've been pounding the pavement. They've been working on that script for probably over a year or so. And now you get to bring that script to life in front of them. 
You know, they, they want to, they want to, I know you hear it all the time, but they want to see you succeed. They want to see you bring this character to life, you know? And so that's a gift. That's, that's not going in and it's me versus you. And, you know, we'll see if you give me this part and think that I'm good enough. Right. It's just, it's an opportunity to do material. And we're so blessed to live in a place in the country where we, we have appointments to read scenes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's we started. Really cool. We started a few episodes back calling them meetings instead of auditions. Yeah, because totally. that's where we sort of like took uh, took a little bit of the pressure out of it because it was like you're going to have an artistic meeting with these other artists, totally, where you bring your uh, what you your artistic gifts and talents to the room, and then and they're doing the same thing, and you have a meeting to see if. Um, that relationship is going to bear fruit and that, you know, fruit being you working with them on the actual job on set and moving forward. Right. Because it does, it extends into when you're working day to day, when you get a show, like, I mean, we talk a lot about the audition process, but on the other side, when you actually do get a show, which you will have the opportunity to do and you sit on that set and you're sitting in the chairs and you're running through your lines, your work ethic is going to bleed into the, the, the uh, greatness of that show. You know, if I'm on what I consider to be a smaller show that's doing great globally and it's, you know, on a little niche network, which I'm so thankful for because I get to learn on the side where not a ton of people are watching, you know, so that one day I can maybe do network stuff where a lot of people are watching. But right now I'm getting my, you know, legs on on the side, which is great. But it's taught me a lot about the like the collaborative process and you know going when you when you get a part and you're invited to come to table reads go to those table reads watch how you know sitting at er and getting to sit around and watch how angela bassett reads a script watch how john stamos reads a script you know to be sitting across from um what's why can't i even remember her name from forrest gump um the, the mom, the fam- um, brothers Robert and sisters, Sally, Sally Fields. Fields. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Sitting across from Sally Fields at a, sisters, table, yeah. uh, at a table read and watching how she looks at her script, watching how she messes up, watching how she deals with that. You know, once you're on set and you get to see these things, you see, oh, this is what it means to take ownership of my project, to be okay if I mess up, to be okay if I fail, to ask the writers for guidance in this area. If, if, if you're in a series lead position, you know, working on the script to make those scenes better. I've learned a lot about that since of being on the show. All these things are important. If you don't have the ability to take command of your performance, you won't have those tools later on even beyond the audition you know when you're yeah. on the job i i just have one question before we get into our we have two questions that we ask every single one of our guests mm-hmm. so we definitely want to get to those two but um i really wanted to hear you talk because you are doing probably what i what would be one of my dream jobs because I'm such a huge nerd for video games, mm-hmm. but you are actually playing a character in what has become one of the biggest gaming franchises out there. No, and exciting. to this day, uh, is, has sort of creeped in. I used to not be a big console gamer. I used to only be a PC gamer and it's sort of creeped in and become one of my top favorite games of all time, which is the, the uncharted series. Um, and you've got, um, Uncharted 3 coming out next month, which uh, I think I don't know if you saw. I posted on your Facebook, but just got uh, a 10 out of 10 rating on IGN, which they do not give. They do not give yes, on IGN, that's awesome. and they called it a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. So. I saw it, and I was tripping out when I saw Amy playing it. And then you know what else tripped me out the other day is they send us Japanese links of Harrison Ford playing the game. 
What? No way. And he was like, obviously saying some of the things they had scripted him to say, but then they filmed the whole thing like off camera of his true reactions. And to watch Harrison Ford playing our scenes, I just was like, uh, and Amy, the game creator was like, I can die happy now. I can die now. Happy. I That's can amazing. die happy now. So Han Solo's playing your game and, yeah. uh, or Indiana Jones is Indiana playing Indiana Jones game. is playing the Indiana Jones video game. playing the Indiana Jones video game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is that? Because it's, I was, you know, we've had some people on that have done voiceover. We've had some voiceover yeah. actors on, but, um, this game is like so different because you're actually on your feet. You're wearing the sort of ball suits. You're, uh-huh. you're doing the motion capture stuff. So, and then you do some stuff in the studio where it's you sitting behind a mic, you know, recording Elena's right. voice. So like, can you like what has that experience been like is do you just bring the same exact sort of uh mm-hmm. acting chops that, to that as you bring to everything else and what have you learned about the voiceover process yeah it's been it's been the biggest the best gift i could have ever received as an actor a small bunny trail story that i won't go on very long my the first uh, l- large car purchase i made was a small little V6 green Jetta that's now trashed and it's sitting out in the front. But at the time, it was really nice. And I I bought that off of Craigslist from an artist that worked at a small video gaming company called Naughty Dog. And it had a Are Naughty Dog me? license plate you know, cover around it that I just never took off because I thought it was kind of funny that it said Naughty Dog. So I visited the Naughty Dog offices and I gave them, you know, when I was like, oh, you guys do video games. That's cool. Do you use voices? Well, I'm studying acting. I mean, I'll just give you my headshot. Are you kidding me? Not even kidding you. And this was probably a year before I ended up getting that job. Wow. That's eerie, right? That is um, crazy. So when they were like, come down to the offices, I was like, oh, I know where it is. My uh, car could probably sniff its way home. Um, um, but uh, no, it, it was a real gift. And it was something that, you know, was a big deal for Naughty Dog because Naughty Dog hadn't done a game of this sort of style before. And it was huge for the industry because the industry had never... Uh, embrace the cinematic as much as this game does as well as not just trying it wasn't about trying to be realistic it was about trying to create human humanity in these characters and so this game was at the first game we just took as a job i was like okay i just got smith and i'll just do this little video game thing you know and none of us knew it was going to turn out to be as amazing as it is and as they started building these characters and, you know, growing with the technology on the PS3 and creating these these scenes, you know, it what it consists for us, to me, is just so close to theater, and I love it. And I work with Gordon on this game. He's our director. Um, but it consists of a rehearsal day. We go down, we sit around the table half a day. We have some lunch as well, and we sit around and we look at the scripts for the next day. We go over them with Amy. We try to figure out where in the context of the timeline it is, the relationships, what's happening, if anything doesn't sit well with us line wise or anything and we talk about that stuff and then we go out onto the volume the space in this uh, square gray stage with a bunch of red lights around it and um the uh at the beginning they pulled a bunch of props in and now they barely use any but uh they they figure out the volume and they tell you okay this the cistern is here the stairs leading up to it are here the walls are covered in all these like weird engravings here you know and then you go through and you block the scene like you just do in acting and and in theater rehearsal. Then you go home and you work on your lines, whatever. You come back in nine in the morning, have breakfast, suit up. They put you in like this stretchy sort of wetsuit thing with all these little markers, these little reflective ping pong balls on little every aspect of your joint. You, uh, 
you maybe read around the table with everybody again, just go over your lines, go into the volume. You do something called the T pose, which is you stand out with your arms outstretched to make the letter T and the, um, you go through ROMs, which is you move your body in these certain directions, this dance that they have you do so that the computer calibrates your joints and your movement. And then you can see your body movements projected up on the wall as you're working. You see your little person walking around in their 3d form and if the computer's miscalibrated your like wrist is flipped back and it's like all weird and nasty but they straighten that out later then you do the scene and you have different cameras all the camp you have uh just digital camcorders sony camcorders um three or four people just like a three camera sitcom or whatever floating around filming your face because something naughty dog does not do is they do not do facial motion capture so we don't have like cameras on our faces capturing what we do. They they hand animate the faces of of these characters. Um, so they're recording us for the reference, and then it goes you know into their screens and they animate each scene. They film the scene. It gets logged into the into the computer. We probably do it six seven times you know until they get the read that they want. We also have mics on our heads now. Before we had to. ADR all of our lines, but now we're in a sound stage, so we're able to do the sound for it. I think actually where Polar Express was done. Um, and then uh, probably the next week later, we go to um, we go to the the ADR studios in Burbank, and we just do uh, record over any kind of ADR that didn't get picked up by the sound. And then we also do what's called chasing picture, which is if there's a gameplay sequence, like where somebody's running through the town and getting shot at or whatever, we can throw little like personalized sayings or things in there. Like Nolan goes to town on those things. So that's sort of the process of what we do. But each game, it's stepped up. And the thing that we really love about Naughty Dog and the franchise and the people that create it is that they allow for these characters to be so human. The whole ending to Uncharted 2 which I don't know if everybody knows, but, you know, there's this typical kind of walking into the sunset ending, which is like a classic cliche of an ending. And Nolan and I are walking off into the sunset as these characters, Nate and Elena. And, you know, we're supposed to be just, I think we say something to the effect of like, well, I'm glad you're okay and you're okay too. And then all of a sudden we're walking off and I'm allowed to improv. And I'm like, on a scale of one to 10, how afraid were you that I was going to die? And he was like, uh, a four. And I'm a four. Are you kidding me? It was at least an eight. And we riff probably for a good two minutes over the credits. Like what yeah. video game lets and you that, do that? Yeah, and that's in the game to this day. And it's I remember, in the I, game, you know? Cool. Yeah. So I definitely remember it because I was laughing my butt off. Yeah, the, just the authenticity of these characters and the way that you can relate to this character because he hurts when he falls down and he doesn't just get up right away. And the way you can relate to Elena as a girl because she's not just boobs and butt. Like she's actually the girl next door that you think you could hang out with is really is exciting. It's exciting for the industry and it's exciting for actors because there's something else you can do with your profession. It's not just limited to your voice. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, do you think that you, you would want to sort of, I mean, this is like kind of an obvious question, but I want to hear your take on it. Like, do you think that voiceover work is, is, is something that you would care to continue on? Or do you think that you'd rather be doing the live action stuff or like, I would love it. I I mean, I have my own insecurities that I'm just like, if it wasn't for Uncharted, I'd never be doing any voice work. Cause I, and I don't think I'll ever do any voice work outside of Uncharted because 
it's just so specific to my voice, even though I think I can do a lot of really cool voices and I love voiceover work. It's, I'm, uh, you know, I'd need to get the agent. I'd need to come up with a reel. I would need to start that whole process, which yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy to do. I would love to do that because you make a lot of money for a less amount of time and you're not in hair and makeup and you're not just sitting around on set. The life of a voiceover art artist is amazing. Um, but it's, it's, it's just good to know that as your profession, these are all the things like as an actor, if you don't know how to control your voice, you're missing an, an entire part of your instrument. You know, that's something I miss about being in grad school is that accountability to be, you know, exercising my voice and being very aware of it and using it as much as I should be. Um, when I create a character, I don't just want it to be a different side of Emily. I want it to be a distinct character. So it's it's a good option to have, and I think that if you get excited and enjoy reading stories to kids and like doing voices, that it's something you should look into for sure. So, watch Haven on Sci-Fi. No, <laughs> yeah, do yeah. plug away, plug away. <clears throat> um, yeah, when does season three? Season three, um, I think we just found out we got picked up. I, if, I'm guessing if it's on the same trajectory as every other year, we would start filming in April. And going until August, and it would probably air in July like it did last year. There's going to be a Christmas episode coming up. Yeah, I'll do my little plugs. Our Christmas episode is going to be in December on the Sci-Fi Channel with all the other Christmas episodes. It's like a gift to fans. It's nothing about the mythology of the show. It's just a fun little haven at Christmas time <laughs> that we filmed in July. So that's interesting. <laughs> and then um, Uncharted 3 comes out on November 1st, 2011. And I'm I kid you not. It is incredible. I didn't think it could get better than two, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about it. Um, well, we'll have to have you back on the show at some totally. point to talk about your sort of onset experiences. Yeah, I would love to talk about that stuff because I, I honestly think that um, as much as we can share information as actors, it's it's great. It inspires us. It feeds us. It makes us excited about what we do. And the auditioning is an integral part of acting, but it's, it's such a slice of the pie of all the other things that we need to be aware of. And I think sometimes we do fixate on that because that's the door in. But um, if we're also, you know, aware and privy to what it takes to be on set when we're on it, we're not going to stick out like a sore thumb when, when we actually get that job. We'll be like, oh, good, we prepared for how to audition and then we get the part. Nobody's told me what it's like to be on set. How do I read a call sheet? Who do I talk to? What's happening? You know, I just yeah. had to do that on John from Cincinnati. I had to pull the DP aside, the director of photography, and I just had to whisper to him and say, a little secret. This is my very first job on a series that I've ever had. I don't know what I'm doing in terms of finding the camera, finding my light. Uh, if you could just tell me to the side if I'm doing something and teach me while I'm here because I want to learn from you. I so appreciate that, Joe. I would really appreciate that. And he would, instead of drawing attention to it, he'd just be like, hey, Em, find your light. Move left. It's over there. Don't cast a shadow on him. I'd be like, oh, oh, okay. And I'm learning, you know? And these are the things that we're never taught. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that for, for we'll, we'll say that for another time. Everybody's like, no, 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 don't stop. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm we, never taught this. <laughs> you need to teach me. I've never taught it. So uh, we have two questions that we always yes. ask uh, all of our guests. Um, uh, the first of which is, do you feel uh, w as though this industry or this career or this life path chose you or you chose it? Oh, that's a good question. I definitely have always felt like I'm created 
for a purpose. And I think that I operate in my life under the, the sort of idea that if the door opens, walk through it until it closes. And I've always offered things up when I've wanted them or hoped for them. I've just prayed about it. I've just been like, you know, if this is something I'm supposed to do, like I'd really like to go to UCLA. So if that door opens, that'd be awesome. But if not, just close it because I don't want to be anywhere that I'm not supposed to be. So I've sort of operated under that um, sort of position mentally for a long time. I'm doing it now as we're buying a house. I'm doing it, you know, I did it with Haven. I was like, you know, when I was auditioning for that, I was like, listen, if I get this part, I have to move to Nova Scotia for six months out of my year. And that's really hard on me and my marriage and my friends. But if I don't get it, I get to stay in LA with everybody. And so I don't get that show. I'll do something else, you know? Um, if the door opens, I'm going to walk through it and see what happens. And I'm going to keep on walking until it closes. So in that aspect, I do feel like I reached a crux in my life with what I wanted to do where I was like, do I want to do a horse, be a horse vet or do I want to act? I want to act. So in that way, I feel like I did chose it, choose it, but I also feel like I've really been blessed and I'm not, I do not take that for granted. The fact that these opportunities have come to me and I'm so thankful for them. I think it's a yes and. I did choose it, but it also said, yes, I pick you too. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Well, congratulations on that. Um, And then the last question is, um, if you could take all of your experiences, um, going back as far as you want to go back, um, everything that you've learned uh, before uh, starting your, your professional career, everything that you've learned since starting your professional career, if you could take all of your experiences and your learns and boil them down to like one nugget of advice, hmm. like the, what you believe is the most important thing Huge to impo- impo- impart on, you know, say an actor who is either just starting out or who might be interested in acting or who is already acting and kind of, be, you know, beating the street, mm-hmm. what, what would be like that one nugget? Um, I think it's a little bit of a string of thought and the first thing comes with, uh, working really hard, 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 hard work. Like I I think I definitely am where I'm at because I wasn't afraid of working hard. You know, I didn't kind of bulk or say that's going to be three years of my life. I'm not going to do that. Um, working hard. And then I think it also boils down to a piece of information I got in grad school from a great actress, Salome Jans, who said, trust that you're enough. And so I think I always get really, really scared that I'm not enough. I get scared that after Haven, I'm never going to work again. I get scared that I'm not, that I'm going to, you know, be that sci-fi actress that had a show. And now she's just a sci-fi actress who never does anything. And these are the fears that I have, but I just have to trust that I am enough when I go in that room for the part and that who I am is, is, is great and that's okay. And that's not validated by anybody else. And then, um, so in that way, also some grad school advice too, to do your homework and forget about it. Who I got from Judy, our voice teacher, do your homework, do it, work really hard and then forget about it, which is trusting that you're enough, trusting that you have, poured all that research into your brain. Cause like when I do shows like ER where it's a bunch of medical stuff, I'm like, is anybody going to believe that I'm a surgeon? Or when I did a show, you know, uh, 
the operating instructions show where I had to be a soldier or when I was Beth. And I'm like, how in the heck am I going to convince people by being this short, blonde haired blue-eyed girl that I was a war soldier? Like, or an FBI agent. I feel like people take one look at me and go, no, she's an actress playing an FBI agent. She's not an FBI agent. All these fears that come in my mind. Trusting that there are people out there that also short blonde hair blue eyed cops that you wouldn't take seriously that are real cops but then also trusting that if i get that opportunity and that door opens that i'm that i'm enough and that i've been put there for a reason and that it's also not just about the acting it's about the people that you're going to be spending your time with at that show it's about i am put in that place i am put in nova scotia for such a time as that and I will be spending time with those people, and they're going to be going through different things in their lives. And Haven's a great project we get to work on together, and that's super fun. But at the end of the day, Lucas's family, his wife, his daughter, my hairstylist, his, her you know, boyfriend, my makeup artist, the things they're going through, that's the most important thing. And so how can I be a blessing to those people there and then just get to play on the side? That's not really like boiled down. <laughs> no, it's pretty. It's pretty epic. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No. It, uh, great answer. Great advice. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, this was great. I, I this like exceeded my hopes and dreams and expectations for this interview. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I'm so happy to have you on our show. I'm um, so happy to be here, and I'm so glad that despite the seasons of change in our lives, where things you know, like the show takes me away from the ensemble or whatnot, that that we're still able to be friends, and that I still listen to your podcast, and that you guys are doing such great work. And I'm always telling people all the time when they ask me. You know, what do you suggest? I'm like, get into a theater troupe, do something, check out mm. the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble. They are the most inspiring group of people I work around. They're so committed and hardworking, and those are that's the kind of artist that you should be. You shouldn't be asking for somebody else to pay you for work. You should be creating your own work. And so I really admire you guys for doing that. And you guys have like left a stamp on this city in the world of theater. And you should be so excited that you were like a part of doing that. That's so exciting. I mean, like, we can go out and work for other people all the time, but you guys have created something, you know? Not just shows. You've created an entity that's, like, impacting and part of the theater world in L.A. So kudos to you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. 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 And you were there, too. Yeah. I was. You were for there, a, too. I was a small part of that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, can I plug my Twitter account? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we were just going to ask how people yeah. can get in touch with you. So. Yeah. Um, at Emily Rose L.A is my Twitter account and I was adamantly against Twitter for a long time but now I love it <laughs> because I'm a theater person and I like to talk to my audience after the show and Twitter mm-hmm. lets me do that cool cool Beautiful. we'll definitely put a link to that on our on our website please do um, Emily thank you so much thank it's so you. great to sit down with I'm you I'm so sorry it's so long but no <laughs> Jeff I only wish we could be longer great content yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. I have this sort of sad tone because they're saying goodbye to that first interview of, uh, of uh, Emily Rose. But um, I don't know if we said this in the interview, but we're definitely um, hoping to have her back at some point. Um, one of the things that she was really interested in talking about um, was, you know, when you finally actually do book something big, 
um, like in her case, Haven, she she is really interested in talking about what happens when you are living in someplace that's not your home for like six months. Because she goes out and shoots in Nova Scotia for like six months. So she, I think that's an interesting topic. You know, yeah. we should definitely have her back. It might um, appeal not only to people who have booked big things like that, but also to people who um, are uh, concerned about uh, moving. We get a lot of you know uh, emails and questions and voicemails of people saying like, "I'm coming out to LA soon, and I'm kind of this, and I'm kind of that." Like, there's a there's sort of a, um, a displaced thing that happens with us actors, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. there's a, a, a lot to be said about that and, and and I think Emily's perspective would be really great to kind of speak to that. Absolutely, yeah. So hopefully we'll have her back soon. I <laughs> hope so too. <clears throat> All right. So uh do we have the same pick of the week? <laughs> do, I, do we? I can throw in another one. No, I mean it's um, okay. it, it, it's cool. Well, here let's. Speaking of being transparent, here's <laughs> us being transparent. Trevor and I sat down to record, and we usually don't tell each other our pick of the week before we started. But I wanted to ask you if it was too cheesy for me to make the artist way my pick of the week, and Trevor said that was going to be my pick of the week. <laughs> so mm. it's kind of like a unanimous pick of the week. Um, uh, Trevor looks like he might be looking up something else to talk about. I'm just it. seeing if I can uh, find an alternate real fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll talk about it for just a second. Cause we talked about it earlier in the, uh, in the episode, but it's just been so great for um, uh, our, our respective spirits and um, our respective creativity. It's, it, it's, the book is very inexpensive and everything is self-directed and you don't have to spend a lot of money on it. And the good that it does for you as an artist is um, immeasurable, especially compared to what you have to put in. I'm sure some of you might even be able to find somebody who already has the book who'd be willing to lend it to you because it was such it was so impactful um, mm-hmm. to them. Um, so don't worry about, I mean, don't, don't let something stop you from doing this. Did you say it was the artist's way? Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. 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 I was, I was probably typing. I'm sorry. That's all right. You're ignoring me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, it's the good it does to your spirit is just immeasurable. And I just don't want anybody to, you know, as, as artists, as procrastinators, as right brain people, however you want to say it, we're very, very good. And she even talks about this in the book. We're very good at coming up with the excuse. The excuses, the things that, that keep us from doing things because we're like, oh, it's going to cost too much or oh, this or oh, that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that this book has really taught me is like you don't have to be uh, uh, afraid. You don't have to put up these blocks for yourself. There's so many things that that, that you are that you prevent yourself from being, and it's and it really comes from yourself. And and um, and doing this um, this 12 week workshop has well, you know, the first few weeks of this 12 week workshop has been um, amazing. And so I I couldn't help but make that my pick of the week since it's what I've been doing for the past you know four or five yeah. weeks. So. Yeah. Um, and I, and I know Trevor feels the, the same way because it was, it is his pick of the week, and also it sounds like he's got something else to kind of augment it. So. Yeah, no, I like I said, it's uh, I felt a very kind of subtle but noticeable kind of shift in in just where I am inside. I, I don't know. It's been it's been really really fantastic, and and it definitely has put me in closer touch with my art, and especially that kind of wellspring inside that that uh, feeds. 
uh, this is going to sound really hoity-toity, but just it feeds creative impulses, you know? Like, I just... Stuff... I've been having crazy awesome dreams, dude. Me and, like, too! I've, been, I've got, like, four script ideas I'm working on right now. Like, it's just open stuff. It's, I, I never thought of myself as a blocked creative, as she calls it, yeah. until I started doing all this stuff. And now it's like... It is. It's one. It's true. What you put in is what you get out. Mm-hmm. And I work on it probably now, um, forty-five minutes a day, just re- doing the readings, going over the exercises, yeah. doing the you know planning, yeah. whatever. And and dude, it, it's been. I've gotten a hundred times more out of it that you can't really. I can't really quantify any of it. I can't say I had the awesomest dream last night. And, <laughs> like, what does that mean? You know, like only I know how awesome it was. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's been it's been fantastic. Yeah, don't don't let yourself come up with excuses for yourself um it's i mean look it's a great way to start off the new year let's put it that way you know Mm -hmm. let the first three months going into pilot season be this and and you know one of the things that was interesting about this i didn't talk about this during the catch-up earlier in the episode but um in the dead of december in the middle of of the 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 sort of like everything shutting down for the holidays i had four auditions Two that happened right before everything truly shut down, and two that happened at the beginning of this year, one one of which is, is next week. I honestly attribute that to this sort of opening up because you – I guess what I'm saying is like if you are sort of opening yourself up creatively, it opens up all – you know, you, you sort of become open to all of these um, possibilities – and in this case, opportunities. And I really, truly believe that these opportunities started to come my way because I was, I was sort of saying like, okay, I'm ready. Open to receive them. I'm ready. I'm open. Yeah. I'm open, you know, and all of a sudden after things being dead for months and me just being like, oh, it's the holidays. It's the holidays. It's all, well, yeah, it was. But then boom, 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 boom. Four auditions back to back to back to yeah. back. My manager was calling me like twice a day. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And, you know, I said to one of our um, co-artists uh, art- from the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble, who is also doing the Artist Way, I said, do you think it has anything to do with with this, with doing this? And and she was like, 100%. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I, I just, I didn't make the connection un- until that conversation. And I... I like I said I'm not I'm look I'm not saying that all of a sudden you're going to get all these auditions but like what a great way to start off the year you know people are going to look at you like you're a strange a strange person like oh you're working on what you're working on yourself so what f those people like who cares going into pilot season how great would it be to say like even if I don't get a single audition in the next 3 months I spent those 3 months working on myself yeah you know yeah and I think it's a I think anyway and the the fruits of this labor come in the most unexpected ways. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. So, all right, double pick of the week. <laughs> so, uh, I believe that is all we have time for. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome to 2012. That's a that's a good episode, man. That's solid, packed with information. I'm digging it. I hope so. I'm digging yeah. it. I'm all about it. Um, and of course, you know, as Trevor said earlier in the episode, if you disagree with anything that we said, or you have something you want to um, add, or um, you know, questions that you have for us, um, we've been getting a lot of those. So we're trying to get to them as quickly as possible. But um, we could always use more. So get in touch with us. There's a, a million ways to do it. You can start at our website at InsideActingPodcast.com. Uh, or you can send us an email at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can call us, 2132 actors. That's 213 222 8677. Leave us a voicemail if you'd like. 
Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at twitter.com slash inside acting or our individual accounts. I'm at twitter.com slash digital actor. And I'm twitter.com slash Trevor Algott. And uh, you can find us on iTunes. The reviews that you guys have been leaving for us on iTunes are just more of that like mega ultra warm fuzzy type of th- I, I I go through there every couple of weeks and I'm just like oh my god it just feels so good best reward and I, best I'm, reward I'm so this. honored and humbled that people get so much out of this like I like to tell people there's a little thing we do I yeah. mean it's not a little thing it's big it takes a ton of time and effort but um, to hear that it kind of you know goes out into the world and improves things and flowers grow behind it and all that fun stuff <laughs> you know I mean that I makes it. me feel really really good yeah um, definitely so uh, it definitely helps our cause if you can't donate monetarily which is the next kind of point we'll make um, you can uh, you can go on to iTunes and leave us a nice review if you like the podcast and you can also do the same on Actorated just uh, do a search on Actorated.com for Inside Acting. And as mentioned before, we also have our Facebook page, which um, I believe is facebook.com slash insideacting yep. now, right? We yep. have that URL. It took us a little while to get it, but we have that now. Um, and last but certainly not least, you can always um, uh, donate to the podcast um, uh, monetarily as well. So if you go on to our website, uh, insideactingpodcast.com, on the right-hand side, you'll see a donate button. We have two ways to donate. You can do it just uh, once, you know, if you've gotten a, a little bit out of the podcast and uh, you want to uh, show your appreciation, you know, buy us a, a, a cup of coffee, as we've said before. We don't actually spend it on coffee, but take that $5 <laughs> you were going to spend on Starbucks and kick it our way. We'll put it right back into making a better podcast for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can also set up a recurring donation and become one of our patrons that we talked about earlier in the episode. So you can um, do a recurring monthly donation at 3 5 10 or $20 a month. Um, everything is a is a, a tax write-off. We've got tax time coming up, so that's a good reminder of that. Um, you can either write it off as a donation or as an education expense because um, hopefully this podcast is part of your actor education <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty sweet um and it's all done through paypal it's totally secure and um and and just takes a couple of minutes it's really easy to do cool man i think that's uh that's about all she wrote for episode 66 of inside acting so let's call it i'm trevor Elgott. i'm aj meyer we'll see you next week and in the meantime avoid the apocalypse <laughs>